Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood sub-genres, Gangster Rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Carefully Reckless, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. And just like that, we're back on the air. Welcome back to yet another Carefully Reckless episode with your girl, Jess Hilarious. I am here fixing mess. That's what I do. That's what I always be doing. And I promise y'all, I'm going to have an intro. Trust me. Trust me. Y'all Y'all might have put it on. It might be on here already. I don't know. They ain't update me yet. But I've been fighting for this intro, y'all. We've been just a fighting. And they said that they was going to have us one. So I think we, we, we won. So until we hear... Until we hear the Jess Fix My Mess. So until we hear the Jess Fix My Mess intro, we got to keep spamming the comments and shit. I told y'all, spam Charlemagne comments, spam the Black Effect comments, spam iHeart, even Breakfast Club. I don't give a damn. Envy, everybody's including. I don't care. Everybody's included. All right, we're going to jump right into it. I got a voice note. Y'all know I get excited for voice notes because I hate when y'all write them long run-on sentence paragraphs and shit. Y'all be sending me whole PDF files and essays and shit. And it don't be not one 
punctuation mark in a goddamn run on sentence. Shit, I'll be, I'll be fighting. I'll be fighting, y'all. But jumping right in. Hey, Jess. So um, first off, I just want to start with thanking you for even replying back to me and letting me know how to submit my um, voice memo or voice question or whatever you call it. Absolutely. Um, I really appreciate that mm-hmm. because I do have a mess that I need you to fix. And then I also, now that I see that you do respond directly back, once again, much appreciated. Um, I will have a second issue that I would like your um, guidance on, but it's not necessarily a mess. We'll bring it on, girl. I'm trying to get into the arena that you're in as okay. far as fixing people's issues and just talking to people and um, hearing people well because I'm, I'm working on my psychology degree. So this is something that oh. can definitely help me. Nice. Um, so nice. just get ready for these next eight or nine little voice notes because this yep. one is about to end and I will tell you my mess on the next one. Oh, she's so cute. Listen, real quick backstory, y'all. She had hit me up and asked me before, um, how can I send it? Because it keeps stopping at a minute. And I know that I heard somebody send one longer than a minute before. But since it ain't going to work on here, nah, girl, people just be sending 8, 9, 10, 11 of them. I done checked 20 of them before. Somebody, and that was one story. Somebody sent me 20 voice notes in a DM because they only go up to a minute. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and sociopolitical factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress 
Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so here we go. So to get into what my actual issue or mess is about, let me give you a little background. So um, my husband and I, we have been together for going on 11 years, mm. um, but have been married for two. We actually just celebrated our second anniversary not long ago. Mm. Um, and my issue is since the beginning of time, um, I feel like he's had an issue or I don't know. It's like a jealous type of spirit that comes about with him whenever I mention things that I have planned or that I want to do with other people outside of him. Now, he's not necessarily hmm. controlling. He doesn't tell me where I can go and what I can do or mm -hmm. none of that because I'm, I'm 
too strong. I'm a feminist, so that wouldn't work with me, no way. Very good. Um, he's a real good man, you know what I'm saying? Good provider, good dad. You know, I think loves me to death, cherishes me, you know, and, and shows me that, not only tells me that, but shows me that in his actions. So for the most part, you know, relationship is cool. Not, no issues there. Now, she from either Memphis or St. Louis. <laughs> Talking about no issues there. Because Moneybag, he'll say it like that. And Nelly say it like that. But they from two different places. So which one are you from, boo? I'm sorry. Let me go ahead and finish your story. That in his action. So for the most part, you know, relationship is cool. Not, no issues there. <laughs> so we, of course, have mutual friends, mutual, you know, other married couples or mm -hmm. couples that have been together for a while that we, you know, kick it with, go out with, do house parties with, LaSpace party, you know, things mm -hmm. like that, dinner, um, you know, be there for each other's kids, events, little stuff like that. All cool. All mm -hmm. cool. Um, and most of those are actually his friends from childhood that I've just happened to gotten really close with their women. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. we all dealing with guys who've been dealing with each other. So we can kind of relate yeah. in that aspect and kind of, you know, kiki and ha ha about how goofy they are. So, Absolutely. Real nice little group. Real nice <clears throat> little group. Nothing wrong with it at all. We both also have, of course, our own separate friend groups because we're approaching 40. You know mm -hmm, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we've had lives before each other. So, of course, we have our own separate friend groups. And um, there was a time in the first, like, maybe three to four years of our relationship. And this is even after we had our child. Oh, let me mention that. Mm -hmm. um, we have two kids. Um Actually, my oldest child. Right, how the hell you forget you. that? He's been there since he was two. He's now 12, and then our child that we have together is eight. So going yeah. back into it, um, about the first three to four years of the relationship, this guy had a standing date every Friday with his homies. Um, okay. And I don't even want to say what their nights were called, because just in case anybody's listening that... And they probably us, are. They would know exactly who I am and <laughs> exactly who I'm talking about, because I've been told my voice is pretty unique. So, Absolutely. Um, but anyway, that, that was something they had every single Friday. Mm -hmm. I'm not a clingy person. I actually prefer, you know, my autonomy and, and being to myself. A lot of the time, I consider myself a friendly introvert. You know what I'm saying? I can be with people and be social and all of that, but I'm a homebody for the most part. Mm -hmm. So him being out every Friday didn't bother me not one bit. I'm not one of those girlfriends that's going to call your phone and text you and see where you at. When he's out, he's out. When he come home, usually come home drunk, and then we do what we do and have a good night mm -hmm. after he done been out with the guys so it was never an issue is what i'm trying to say never an gotcha. issue and mind you this was every single friday mm -hmm. for years um now me and my girls you know we're all moms you know what i'm saying we all have kids so that's where the majority of our time is spent mm -hmm. is with our family and with our kids but we do try at least once a month to get out and do something with just the ladies you know leave the mm -hmm. men and kids at home right. have some have a mommy day you know what i'm saying you need that friend, little brunch and it's usually in the daytime you know what i'm saying yeah moms need that you know, we're kind of all past the clubbing stage. I did that in my 20s and early 30s. I'm, I'm over that. I also had mm -hmm. a fake ID at like the age of 16, so I'm over the club. So basically <laughs> just letting you know that the activities that we do are uh, mommy approved. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Usually in the daytime. The most that's going to happen is bottomless mimosas. You know what I'm I saying? I know that's Nothing right. Out the way. Um, <clears throat> and so he and I came up with an agreement just to kind of 
you know, let the other person know when we have things planned, just in case we were trying to plan something with one another. So, like I said, me and my girls, we plan our things. It's usually like once a month. It's planned out weeks in advance. I let him know weeks in advance, you know, what the plans are. Um, he still moves kind of last minute. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't know if it's just the guy thing, mm. but whenever the guys have something that mm. pop up, he just, he's like, oh, yeah, such and such is doing this, and the, ooh, I'm ready to run over here, and cool, I'll let you, you know what I'm saying? Once again, I'm, I'm not a clinger, I don't mind. Right. But it, it seems like, and let me say this, it's not even so much as me being out with my other friends outside of him. It seems like for some reason, he takes that time that I'm away from him mm-hmm. as me, like, not wanting to be I, I don't even know how to explain it it's, it's, it really is like he's jealous like mm-hmm. he will start an argument over something petty like literally I've had my hand on the doorknob ready to walk out the door mm-hmm. and he'll start wanting to argue about something like mm-hmm. literally yeah. so we're, and it's embarrassing because my girls he's loud yeah. and then even more so than that like if I am planning something with somebody else that's like you might be from Houston. I feel like I hear a little bit of Houston in there because you kind of sound like Erica Banks. God damn. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Like when one of our birthdays come up or something like that, um, he seems to take issue with it and then will compare what I've done for him to what I'm doing with or for my friends and phrase it in a way that he feels like I'm giving them more attention or doing more for them, Mm. which is never the case. And let me say, Jess, he and I go out often. Sometimes he plans the date. Sometimes I plan the date. Sometimes he pays. Sometimes I pay. So, you know what I'm saying? Outside of doing stuff with our mutual friend groups, with our separate friend groups, we have date nights for just he and I quite often. You know what I'm saying? Whenever Mm -hmm. we can get rid of the kids, we doing us. Um, So, like, just to give you a better example, there was one year when one of my um, good friends wanted to go take a little trip. uh, And I'm going to say out of state just because it was literally another state, but it's a state that borders our state just to go eat. You know, that's what females do. Um, I I wasn't driving. I ain't use my car, my gas. I ain't pay for nobody's food but my own. Mm. I was just a passenger in the car Mm. on this birthday dinner trip. This man really made an issue about that. How about, well, you ain't never took me to such and such for my birthday. I said, mm. yeah, I didn't take her. I rolled with her. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't right. pay for anything. Yeah. Um, so, and it's just, that's just one example. And that has been a repetitive thing. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm celebrating, that's what it is. Whenever I'm celebrating somebody else he will then compare that to what I've done for him. And all of a sudden, what I've done for him is not enough. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I, I go big for his birthday. We done went to comedy shows, concerts. I done threw surprise parties. We done had expensive dinners. We done, You know what I'm saying? And his mm-hmm. birthday is around a holiday. So mm-hmm. it's always something major going on that we attend together or I plan something for us in the family. So he's never left out. He's never uh, forgotten about or put on the back burner or anything of that sort so and then once again he's always very much happy with what it is that i do for him mm. until <clears throat> it's time you for do me something to do else. something for somebody else yeah. and he is then starting to compare mm. what i've done for him to what i'm doing for them and feels a certain type of way about it and i don't understand that like mm. i don't know if he has some type of attachment issue yeah. that he hasn't uh 
delved into or was there something going on on those every Friday dates that he was doing that he wasn't supposed to be doing? So now he thinks that I'm out doing stuff when I'm at like, I literally do not know. And I can't even get him to recognize the pattern when we, when I bring it up, whenever this happens and I'm like, babe, this is a pattern. Remember you did this last time. I can't even get him admit to that being what he's doing so we can get past it. So Mm. Um, I hope that's enough context to kind of let you know where I'm at. I mean, we cool and get along any other time mm. outside of this, outside of me wanting to do something outside of him. Okay. So, like, how would you handle that? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm I'm not the type of woman you can tell me where you can't go here, you can't go there. I'm grown as hell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We didn't meet till we was almost 30. Like, I had a full life before you, and I'm still going to live mm. even while I'm with you. So, mm -hmm. like, how would you handle that? You know what I'm saying? I've, yeah. I've suggested therapy. He said, oh, you always trying to psychologize me. That's what he goes to because, mm. of course, that's my field. So, that is how I think <clears throat> about most things. And I feel like everybody needs some therapy. Absolutely. Everybody got some trauma that they're trying to heal Absolutely. from. Um, also, I know in his past relationship before me, that was an issue. His ex was out doing Lord knows whatever with whoever. And so maybe he's just a little jaded from that. I don't know. But definitely in my case, I've not in my case, I've not done anything to mm -hmm. warrant him coming to me the way he does whenever I want to do something outside of him. I've never cheated. There's never been any infidelity, <clears throat> never even an inkling of it. There's never anything he's ever had to worry about. Yeah. So I just really don't understand why he tries to hold me in so tight. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's your problem with my friends, bro? Mm -hmm. Like, why can't I go hang out with my friends? Mm -hmm. So, um, that's basically it. Um, I know I'm probably over my eight minutes, but I just wanted to give you as much background <laughs> as possible right. to give you an idea of where I'm coming from and how I'm feeling and mm -hmm. see what your thoughts are on this. How would you approach this type of situation? Like, how how can I get him to realize he need to just chill out? Like, what, what would you do? Because I, I trust your judgment. You give really good advice. So, yeah, curious to hear how you would handle this, Jess. I look forward to hearing. Thank you. Well, first and foremost, thank you for being open with me, um, love. I, I appreciate you for um, even letting me in on your business so I can try to fix your mess. First of all, um, not first of all, I don't want to say first of all, because first of all, it's not like I'm about to get smart. First thing, um, is he a middle child? Like, is he a middle child? It just, it, I, I mean, you gave me a lot of context. Yes, you did. But I, I want to know, like, his childhood, to be honest with you, because, yeah, past relationships, they, yeah, of course, they can have an effect on, you know, effect on you for the rest of your life after them, depending on how, you know, detrimental it was to you, to your mental or, you know, how severe it, it was or even how great it was and you'll never knowing that you'll never get that back again so each rela relationship definitely takes a toll um whether it be for good or bad on people um uh especially if they've been with a person long all right so you're two years married i uh i, I feel like i've heard a story like this before and we see it every day um you know spouses being kind of sort of jealous of their um, husband or wife social life you know he he may not he may not know how to express to you that he has 
attachment issues uh, or abandonment, even me feel abandoned. That's why I asked to see a middle child. You know, mo- most of the time, middle children, they are, I don't want to say it like kind of forgotten about, but they're kind of, you know, they're the middle because the, the, the firstborns automatic top priority, you know, until the second one comes. And then that's the baby until the third one comes. And then the, the third one gets, you know, it. The, the third one gets all the by that time it gets the least amount of discipline they're they're you're more lenient with the goddamn babies and then the 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 oldest is off doing whatever the fuck they doing still passing down whatever paying like slight attention to the middle child um and even less attention to the baby but the middle child is always the one that have like the complicated. Well, that's what it's known to be. Uh, traditionally, middle children are the most complicated ones. They have the most complicated lives. They're forgotten about or they're put on the back burner for this, that and the other. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. That's why I asked to see a middle child. <laughs> um, that that definitely a lot of y'all may be listening to this like that. What? That don't make sense. No, that that will have an effect for shit. Sure. Um, now, his past relationship. Like you said, his ex was out here doing anything with anybody and just doing everything out there. You know, he definitely could have been damaged in that relationship and just carried the baggage over to you. But listen, this is the thing. You're married. You've been married with him for two years. Y'all been married for two years, I think you said, but y'all been together far longer. Y'all have a child together. Y'all have an eight-year-old baby. Um well, an eight-year-old child. I still think he's a baby because, you know, he's a kid. So I'm going to say y'all have an eight-year-old baby together. Um, is, is this out of nowhere? I mean, like, just suddenly out of nowhere, you know, because you've been with him for a long time. So everything that he experienced in his last relationship shouldn't still be affecting him eight years later with you. I, I'm going to just go ahead and say 10 years. I mean, y'all coming up on a decade of being together, just married for two. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think that um, his last relationship should still be affecting him. Did anything happen with y'all? Like, did, did you ever not not cheating? Not cheating because I heard you say loud and clear. I've never cheated. I've never wanted to cheat. I'm not a cheater. I don't do that. Um, he has. He's never cheated on you and and all that. Yeah. But did something happen? Um, cheating is not the only thing that can result in something like this and behavior like this. Um, have you? Did you ever have a friend who you told him about was cheating on her husband or? Um, and I know that y'all have close friend groups like the your girlfriends are basically married to his his homeboys and shit like that. So y'all are a conjoined group. Like, y'all know each other. Y'all comfortable with each other. Y'all group. His boys grew up with him. You know, your girls. Y'all been around these people for a long time, these guys for a long time. So um, I'm just trying to figure out, was there ever a friend um, who wasn't in a good relationship that that confided in you and you went home and confided in your husband, which happens all the time, um, that... I mean, it has to be a reason that he gets so jealous of your social life outside of him. You know, um, is he stressed out at work? Cause is something bothering him at, with work? You know, I listen. And I know you said that he thrives around his homeboys. Like, you know, he's a little, he's a bit last minute. Maybe he's last minute because he's uh, left out a lot. You know what I'm saying? I'm not justifying the jealousy and how the, I mean, the arguments that he picks, I am definitely trying to give him benefit of the doubt and justifying why he's jealous because that, that 
doesn't just happen. Um, and then you're his wife. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all been together way too long for this to to be a thing. You know, uh, if it was a thing at the beginning, then that's a red flag that you ignored. And then also, I, I know that you're already in uh, the major of psychology. And yeah, you know, you, you tell him he needs to go get therapy. And he, he in return tells you, don't try to psychologize me. I will have you know that is not a word. Um, I don't think it is. But he needs to be comfortable with the fact that his wife is a psychologist in the making that you are studying to to be a psychologist and that you could help him and it has to start at home if you can help heal your husband or you know help work together on that and 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 use your major to do so what you learned in school because you seem like you're well devoted and committed to doing this i think that your your husband could be your first project i mean it's it's home it's very personal and then it also gives you an experience not to tell your clients when you have a boatload of them because baby I'm praying that you have like a client list as long as the blacklist and I'm talking about the show honey it's a lot of motherfuckers on that blacklist honey because I'm I'm for this I'm for this I really am happy for you going in this major a lot of us need help a lot of people everybody need a little therapy I heard you also say that and I do agree with you um and a lot of men which my brother always says Charlemagne the God he always says black men are always afraid or turning down therapy um, because they don't like to open up and expose, you know, they don't like to expose their, their traumas. You know, a lot of people bury stuff under the rug. It, it had to be something. It's something that he feels that way. I think you need to sit down and talk to him, talk him through, like talk to him. You said he's not controlling. You did say that, but you just said he'll try to pick arguments and stuff like that. Y'all do things together. Um, everything that you do for him is great until you do something for somebody else. There's an issue there. There's an issue there. You got to get to the bottom of it. You have to get to the bottom of it. I think that you have to sit down with him and you have to lay it all out, baby. It's just me and you. It's just me and you right now. I'm not playing psychologist. I'm playing wife who is trying to figure out what's going on with her husband. Because this is this is I think you should let him know the detriment that it's causing you. The, the, like, I, I think you need to let him know. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. Let him know. Communicate with your husband telling him how you feel. You don't want to leave him. You're happy with him, but this does not make you happy. Everything outside of this makes you happy. Why can't we get on the same page with this? Why do I feel like there is some type of jealousy streak with my social life as it pertains to my marriage? I don't, you know, I don't like how you make me feel when I'm about to go out. You make me feel bad for going out. That's that's not that that's that's that shouldn't be that way. That's inappropriate. I don't do anything. You know, I, I think you need to I think you need to get inside of his head. You know what I'm saying? Like really, really beat it in there. Talk, talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. You know, that's the first thing, communication. And then be honest. He needs to lay it all out on the table. But you need to figure out what's going on in your marriage, honey. Because all hope is not lost. I mean, that's the only problem y'all are having. And I know it bothers you. Fucking fix that shit. You know, and I know you're I know you come to me for the how. But, you know, you have to talk to him. Talk to him. Get it out of him. He don't want to talk about it. And he don't want to talk about it. It ain't nothing. A lot of people will deny that they have a problem until you put it in their face. Put it in their face. You argue with me every time I'm about to part this door to go somewhere. I don't do that to you. I'm not a clinky person. Maybe he is a clinky person. 
You know what I'm saying? Obviously, he is a clinky person. So now you have to deal with the balance, how what that looks like, what that balance looks like. I'm I'm clinky, but my husband is not. Or I'm not clinky, but my husband is. How does that work? How can y'all work that out? You understand what I'm saying? So um, you, you gave him a lot of praise, and I do love that, although y'all are having issues just with that. Um, you gave him a lot of praise, so I know you love him. I know you're not going to leave, and you shouldn't. You know, you fight for this. This is definitely worth fighting for, like real shit. And with all the meat on the bone you told me, I don't think you left anything. I don't think there's anything that that you're not telling me other than maybe something that may have happened that that could lead to this behavior um, that he's portraying. So I, I, I don't know. I, I like I said. Well, I'm not gonna say I don't know. I do know. I I know that you need to talk to him. Y'all need to look into therapy individually and then do marriage counseling together. Together. You know, step outside of your psychology bag. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he don't want to be looked at as a client. You know what I'm saying? Maybe y'all should go to somebody together. That could also help you in your major, you know? Just just seek counsel yourself. Because it can help you. Nothing helps you out like experience. Nothing is better than experience because that creates wisdom. You know? Nothing. So... You took up the whole episode, girl. I love it, though. I love it. This is very juicy and this is very relatable. And then also you could help a lot of women with just speaking your truth and how that pertains to your marriage and how it also pertains to other women who could be going through the same thing. So um, I love you, baby girl. Make sure you you uh get back to me. Update me. I'm going to be checking. I love to check on everybody who's mess, who's mess I try to fix, whether I can fix it or not. Now, like Charlemagne say, I am no expert, but I am an experienced person. And anything I cannot help you with, I ain't gonna sit here and bullshit you, baby. If I can't help you, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna read your story. But I do believe that this is just a simple, um, a simple matter of just communication, being honest, and going to seek counsel together as a union. Cause y'all are one as a union, you know. And just like that, we come to the end of yet another carefully reckless episode with your girl Jess Hilarious, who will be fixing mess day in and day out each and every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network. Shout out to iHeart, y'all. And in my deepest pan voice, peace. Talk to y'all next week. Psst, there's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell. To saving 10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, Platinum status is earned with 12 Phillips over three months, 10-gallon minimum per Phillip at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit FuelRewards.com status. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday already a know. podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.